Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders, how is everybody doing out there? In the wonderful land of crowdfunding, you know, the magical space I talk about twice a week here on this podcast, you know, the place where all your free money is, right? Where you have an idea and, you know, you go out and you just launch and boom, you get a whole bunch of money. Yeah, that's a fetish. That, that place isn't real. I can't even talk this morning. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Well, with all that said, I am your host, Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel, CEO of Woodshed Agency. And what we do here is we talk to project creators while they're in the middle of a Kickstarter campaign or Indiegogo campaign, or their campaign has just finished up. And the reason we want to talk to them around this time period is that we want the most up-to-date information for you guys out there, the listeners, so that if you are thinking about getting ready to run a campaign, we want you guys to have info that is, you know, important, like, you know, stuff that's actually happening and not, um, you know, not stuff that happened, you know, in 2013, right? That stuff doesn't seem that, that who cares about that, right? We need, we need to know what's happening now. So on today's show, we are going to be talking to Matthew Hassett from the company Lofty. We're going to be talking about sleep, alarm clocks, tech in this whole world, and how you know we all need to be taking ser- uh, sleep a lot more serious, right? We need to be thinking about how it impacts our our life. Um, and I spoke quite a bit, you know, pretty openly in this interview, just about you know what sleep has done in the you know in the Wenzel family, right? Like you know, it's it's something that. Um, you know, we did not encourage sleep. My dad was not a sleeper, you know. Um, he would be up all the time, and I think it was a, a major factor in his health. So so this conversation was really, really impactful for me because, I, you know, we got into the weeds around how important it is. And I hope you guys can stay tuned for that interview coming up here in just a little bit uh, with Matthew because it is a great conversation. And uh, and they have a very, very successful Indiegogo campaign running right now. Uh, and they're up, I think, uh, last time I checked, I think they're around about $180,000 or so. Um, so, I, you know, they've only got about five days to go. So, um so I, I encourage you guys to go out and check that out. And um, yeah, so that, that conversation, like I said, is coming up here in just a little bit. So what else is going on? Well, I have uh, been thinking that I think I should try comedy a little bit. And I don't really know what that even means. It's just kind of a, 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 a thought that just kind of pops in my brain once in a while that, you know, and it's things I've heard from people that are like, hey, you know, you should try it. And I think the more and more that I, I'm... I'm you know, just thinking about some, either some new things to do and whatnot, but I, I, you know, it might be something to try, I think. And I don't even know where you start. I mean, I'm a, I'm a 40 year old man, uh, white man. Uh, I'm not exactly sure my voice is exactly who needs to be heard right now. And I don't even know if I would go out there. Well, maybe that's the wrong, wrong, wrong phrasing. I'm not hundred percent sure on that. Uh, but I do think that like, maybe, maybe I should try it. I've got some stories to tell. I think when I do tell them, they're, they're, uh, you know, they're witty. Um, so, you know, so one of the things, and, and last night was a moment of where I was thinking, I was like, okay, I actually just wrote a bit and I'm going to try it out here. So stay, I'm going to, I'm going to try this out. Um, but I, I felt like last night I was in the, I was in my own little bit that if I were to just write it down, kind of work out the kinks of it, it would be a pretty funny story and a funny thing to jump on, like jump off from, right? Like, like, okay, I'm going to run with this thought. So here's, here's what it was. 
So last night, it's Sunday night. Uh, this is Monday morning when I'm taping this. So it's Sunday night and uh, I need a haircut, right? So my hair is getting a little long, a little, little straggy. And my wife cuts my hair. I mean, we're talking about she puts on the, the razor and just shaves my head. Um, so it's not a not a real intricate cut. Um, so I have her start doing that. And in that time, we get a notif- notification, a text that one of our friends are going to stop by for a little bit. They're in around our area. And we're like, okay. So they tell us that they're like, you know, I don't know, 20 minutes out. So I'm like, all right, we can get our hair, my haircut done at this point. So of course we sit down, start the haircut, and they are not 20 minutes out. They show up within like two minutes. So like I have to watch me kind of finish up getting my haircut. So from that point, so I'm all hairy at this point, and and um, I need to like you know at some point take a shower. But yeah, you know, I got now we've got company. So I end up having some drinks with these people. I have a couple beers, a couple bourbons last night, and you know everything's cool. It's a nice little Sunday night. It's relaxing. But then I realize, oh man, I gotta, I gotta go and I gotta take a, uh, I gotta go take my shower now, you know, before before bed because I'm all hairy, and I like to, I, I also have to, I have to cut a lot of areas, so I have to do some manscaping, right? That's just part of my life here. I'm a hairy young man, um, so I get. I, I start pulling out the manscaper and I'm going to town and I'm just like, what am I doing right now? I'm like half drunk. I got to tell you, I did a great job last night, even though I had some beers and bourbon in me, but I do not recommend at any point anybody doing what I did last night. I mean, I was around a lot of sensitive areas with razors and I, I just kept sitting there going, I need to work out this material. Like if I were to work this material out, I think it's pretty good. So what do you guys think? I, that's a good thing. That would be a good jumping off point is like a, 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 like a little bit of a, of a of something to work with to try to find my five minutes, right? So yeah, did some manscaping last night, drunk, and um, and uh, yeah, and guess what? No injuries. And I think uh, I think most most people if they if they could see it, if they wanted to see it, would be like, okay, you did a pretty good job. I don't know if it's my best work, but I did it. How about that? So that was last night. So that's my thing is like, I think that's a funny story. Maybe that's, maybe I could work that into like a comedy, uh, uh, some stand up comedy, you know? I don't know. Maybe it wasn't that funny. It's just what I was thinking about last night. It was running through my head as I'm like, I'm like, what am I doing right now? So, yeah. So the other thing that was kind of happening yesterday, yesterday was kind of an up and down day. So during the day, I spent a lot of time outside yesterday. And here in Michigan, we've got this thing called cottonwood. And I don't know if other people have it, but it's like this white stuff that's just kind of floating around everywhere. And it's landing on, uh, you know, landing on the ground. And it's like, I don't know, it's from some trees. I don't even know, maple trees maybe it comes from. I'm sure somebody's going to correct me. If you want to correct me, that's fine. But but it gets everywhere. And I remember like my dad was very, was pretty allergic to it. So like, you know, you would see our yard would just be covered in, he'd go out mowing and be sick for a couple of days. So it was all over the place yesterday. I'm actually feeling a little bit in my throat. My allergies are just kicking in because I know I was out, I was out in the woods yesterday doing some disc golf, um, with my buddy Shane, shout out Shane. Um, and then, um, then we were, uh, then from there we were, uh, you know, I, like I said, I was outside, um, do, oh, I mowed the yard. I washed the house with a power washer. Then we had the friends over out of the blue. Then I did the, uh, manscaping, you know, drunk manscaping last night. Um, so, you know, but I, I did have a moment where I was just kind of sitting there. This is about, this is about eight 45. Like my daughter's in taking her shower for bed and, and I'm just hanging out with, um, with Addie outside. And I was just having this moment of like, I don't know, I was like looking at him and there was like this moment him and I were just like sitting there. We weren't talking. We were just sitting there. And it was just, just a moment of like, I was really reflecting on losing my dad, right? Like just sitting there watching this cottonwood flow around, you know, 
Um, and man, I just keep having these like flashbacks to the day he died, you know, being there with him. I mean, just some of that stuff was just really, really, um, I don't know. It was, it was just a really like intense day yesterday when it comes to that. And I don't know why, I don't know why that stuff sometimes like pops up and where those, you know, where those feelings come from, why they pop out, you know, um, maybe it's a little bit of the booze. I'm not hundred percent sure. I don't know. Um, but you know, it definitely did like, just like overcome me for a little bit. Um, uh, just kind of sitting there and, and I don't know, there's something about just like sitting quietly with Addie outside and, and where I live in my house. If you look at my neighbors, like I'm sitting on the side of our driveway and I'm facing my, uh, you know, facing my neighbors and they've got this big, huge, gigantic, beautiful tree. I mean, just gigantic tree. Right. And so I was sitting, you know, staring at that and watching the wind blow in it and stuff. So it really was just kind of a nice moment. And I don't know, I was glad, I was glad I, uh, glad I got to have it, um, for whatever it was, you know, I, I don't even know what the moment is, but it definitely was, you know, it's just, man, it's just, it's weird when these, these emotions pop in. So yeah, it was a big sad, big Sunday. I'll tell you, without the church mixing on the weekends, because I've been mixing on the weekends. I, I mean, I, before this pandemic here, before the COVID, I haven't had weekends to myself ever. Because prior to that, I worked in the restaurant business, so I would always be working Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, and then after that, I'd be working at the church. So I'm, you know, Saturdays and Sundays, I'm gone. And so having these weekends, man. I see how you guys get a lot of stuff done. You keep up on the house, you do stuff, you get the lawn mowed, like you really get a lot of stuff done. These weekends, they're, they're, they're cool. I'm liking them, I'm liking them a lot. So, all right guys, hope you guys um, are doing well out there too, man. I, you know, it was a, again, another tough weekend of watching what's going on in the world. Again, um, so much emotions are out there. We're still not even past the pandemic. We're trying to open up here. I just moved uh, my, uh, my death star back to the office. So I'm actually coming from the office. So hopefully, you know, I think sonically we're going to get back to that in terms of, of, you know, my equipment, I'm on my usual mic I mix, uh, or, or record on. So just trying to like, I don't know, we feel like we're getting back to that reopening of whatever this, um, this next phase is, and you can just kind of feel it. And, you know, it's good to be seeing people again, getting outside, really kind of just, um, you know, just trying to get back to some, whatever new normal. So I hope again, I hope you guys had a great weekend, um, and, and are doing well out there. I mean, I really do. Cause there's just so much going on, but, but, um, but yeah. So if you guys are regular listeners, let's just do a little bit of housekeeping here before we get to my interview with Matthew here. So if you guys are regular listeners, number one, thank you so much. If you're a regular listener, make sure you go leave us a review. Tell us what you liked. Hopefully you're liking it. If, I mean, if you got to this point, you're probably liking it a little bit. Um, those help us out immensely. They, 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 uh, you know, they keep us going, that sort of stuff, and keep us ranking in the iTunes world. So make sure you guys leave us a review. If you're not a subscriber, this is your first time, hit the subscribe button. Uh, our episodes come out Mondays and Thursdays every week, um, and we are we really try to stick to that schedule. Um, if you are looking for more information, if you are somebody who's getting ready to do crowdfunding, go over to woodshed.agency right now. You can go to our blog section. We've got a ton of content there. New blogs come out on Tuesdays. Um, also we've got Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we have 30 minute review shows where you can watch me reviewing, um, uh, Kickstarter, uh, campaign pages. So you get a lot of information there. Uh, and those are streamed on Facebook live, YouTube live, um, all kinds of stuff here. So, um, and then, yeah, uh, you know, and then make sure you guys can go subscribe, um, or follow who we've just interviewed. So go and look at lofty right now over on, on Indiegogo. Uh, reach out to Matthew, ask him questions. He, I know he'd love to love to reach out and 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 uh, get you to back his campaign. So, um, all right, guys, let's go ahead and kick my conversation with uh, Matthew Hassett from the company Lofty. I
Yeah, red lights on. So this is go time. This is when all the pressure is to make magic happen on Zoom. So uh, hopefully you guys are ready. Hopefully you're ready. You're all pumped up. Ready for it. I've been awesome. Well, well let's start with my first. Morning. Cool. <laughs> cool. Let's start with my yeah, first right. question. Uh, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Oh, you know, it was a rough morning because I've already done an investor call. So I had about five minutes for breakfast. I had an English muffin and an orange. Really okay. creative. Okay. Hey, that's yes, Tasty. Anything on that? I forgot to have coffee. I didn't even no have coffee, coffee, huh? Hey, that's all right. Oh, I'm not a goodness. coffee drinker though, so I, I, really? I I'm an orange juice guy. Yeah, I've never. Well, never. I mean, I smell it, but I never even had a cup. I, that's not my world. So no coffee <laughs> in my world. Yeah. So well, cool. Well, let's uh, let's jump right into it. So why don't you tell my listeners um, a who you are and what you're currently raising money for uh, over on uh, Indiegogo. So my name is Matt Hassett. I'm the CEO and founder of Lofty. L-O-F-T-I-E. And Lofty is sort of like an alarm clock, but uh, our main goal is to get the phone out of the bedroom so you can get a better night's rest. Um, having the phone in the bedroom, not great for your sleep. Um, it's not so good. Uh, you want to replace the screen time with a little sleep time. Yeah. I recommend that. Um, and we started out with a broader mission of tech life balance, and we're all about helping people um, like design their environment to have a better relationship with technology. Um, and we landed on like winding down and waking up as the time where we could really make the biggest difference. Sure. Um, and people were really wanting that. Uh, maybe they, maybe they are okay having their phone on the subway, you know, if we ever start taking the subway again, um, <laughs> but uh, other times not so much. Uh, so yeah, the, the lofty, places the phone at night so you can leave your smartphone uh out in the kitchen or whatever and then use the lofty to wind down and wake up that's cool so what then what is what is this alarm clock doing that would be different than just your average alarm clock that i might already have yeah so it has a lot on it a lot of tech that um is very minimalistic and subtle but Mm. quite a bit of power behind it so um it has content you can wind down to. So your own content, whether it's Spotify or the podcast, hmm. uh, your podcast or, or yeah, someone oh, Yeah, the subtle podcast. voices of, of my, my, yeah, my tones <laughs> just in your eardrums. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is that podcast series, Sleep With Me. A lot of people love mm-hmm. that. He, Scooter, he like talks in this kind of <laughs> sputtery way. Right. It's cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, either that, your own content, or uh, we have our own content as well. So you can listen to breath work, meditation, sound mm. baths, uh, stories, both for adults and for kids. <laughs> um, and then, uh, unlike other, your basic alarm clock you might find on Amazon, you can, um, ironically enough, set it with your phone if you want. So you're mm. out in the day earlier, you can set it. You could also create a sleep playlist um, earlier in the day. Like, oh, I want to listen to this podcast at night. I'll just add it to my lofty. And then you can play it um, later on at night without having to have your phone there. Because looking at the phone screen, 
blue light um, on the phone before bed is going to push back the release of melatonin and the start of your your sleep wind yeah. down when your circadian rhythms are saying go to bed the blue light says like alert I'm yeah, up. yeah. Um, right right so if we can get rid of that um but still like keep the modern conveniences uh that should help you sleep better and and is am i using an app to control a lot of this stuff or is or is the tech in the alarm clock it's in there so oh, you can cool. do everything on lofty um if you want to uh use it as a bluetooth speaker you can do that but uh it's much more than a bluetooth speaker it, right you can actually navigate um any menu and you can play content and you can set the alarm and that kind of thing cool. or set a timer or whatever right on the device itself that's cool so i guess for you then where was the start of this journey to you know designing an alarm clock like we're talking about right now like what what, what were you struggling with and you decided you know what, I'll, I'll either fix this problem or i want to jump into jump into this yeah i would never have in a million years thought i would design an alarm clock um <laughs> yeah yeah and it, alarm clock is limiting too because it's kind of this new category in its own way. Right. But um, we, well, I was at IDEO, the design firm. Um, I was in the New York office as an entrepreneur in residence uh, in 2016, 17, um, and was hearing my colleagues around the kitchen table saying, um, you know, I deleted Instagram for the weekend or like I, finally got off Facebook and I just realized that people really wanted less of it, but in the moment they want so much more of it. And it's, <laughs> right. it's like type two versus type one like thinking where type two is like, be a good, you know, be good to yourself. Like don't spend the next hour on Instagram. <laughs> right. And type one is like, keep scrolling. Uh, yeah. You yeah. Know? So yeah. people <laughs> go back and forth between those two mindsets. Um, mm-hmm. And originally it was more of an app. It was an app. Um, and the first one was totally out there and was just um, almost like a cryptocurrency for spending time offline. It was like Steve Cases from 1990, whatever he started at AOL. Like the opposite of that. Like, let's get America <laughs> offline. Like, yeah. and we'll pay you to be offline. <laughs> we'll and it was almost offline. like a, almost a joke. Yeah. Um, but worked on that and then turned it into an app that gave you rewards for being offline, um, like a soul cycle class or a juice or a coffee or something. Hmm. Um, and like added some competitive elements and teams and stuff. Um, and then still felt like that was not the right angle. Um, and, uh, ended up working with a soul cycle instructor, uh, and also she was a marketer and copywriter for SoulCycle. And we um, did a lot of um, like research around um, other analogous things. So we did like the Saqqara plant-based diet, for instance, where they send right. you meal kits. Um, and we were thinking about like what could be in the kit. Like um, if we had a kit, if there was a digital detox kit. Right. Um, and one of those things was an alarm clock. And there were several other products too, but the alarm clock was really interesting because we spoke to a few friends who had wanted to get the phone out of their bedroom. And uh, 
they didn't they couldn't find one they wanted to buy because they were usually really ugly or okay. like hard to set or not reliable um so this alarm clock turned out to be like kind of the keystone object of spending less time on your phone yeah that's cool so you know once you kind of identify this you know it seems like that's a big jump into actually making something so you know how do you then start to say oh now i'll make a physical hardware product and start that process yeah yeah i wish i had uh known i'd be making a physical product because i've <laughs> taken like one or two different classes in grad school <laughs> right right yeah but um luckily i'd taken enough um hbs classes about new companies and startups that I had the vague sense of where to go um yeah and I had this IDEO network from having been an IDEO client uh, and then been an entrepreneur in residence uh, two summers. So a lot of our team is from IDEO. Um, and we ended up working with an industrial designer out of um, Somerville, Boston, Massachusetts, um, Greg Wolos, who uh, worked with us and we put together an IDEO-based design research methodology Greg had worked um, for IDEO Cambridge for about seven years before going out on his own. Um, and so we, we pursued a full design research process, interviewing um, likely customers in their home, talking to them about how they go to bed, wake up, how do they use their phone. All right. Um, and we use that to inform our design principles. And then also we're bringing a lot of um, what IDEO would call sac- sacrificial concepts into their home, kind of things that were, a little, um, a little extreme, not super extreme, but something that would provoke a reaction. So we would get a lot of feedback. Would it be a wearable? Would it be like right. a, a strike of a chime? Would it be, would it have numbers at all? Did it need numbers? Um, what kind of mm. sounds played on it? Um, does it need to tell the weather? That right. kind of thing. And from there, from those principles, we, we narrowed it down and, um, we got to the, the current design, um, and then since then, I've been working with this really excellent um, product development company uh, based in New York and Hong Kong called Doris Dev that has been helping with the engineering, supply chain, production, distribution, that all of that. Wow. I, can, I can tell you more about that, but they're, yeah, they've been yeah. a great partner. That's great. So in this process of kind of almost putting together, it sounds like a really advanced buyer persona or like customer persona, like this is who we think it's going to be and designing. What are you personally doing inside of all that to either organize it, navigate it, ask the questions, read the data? Like what, what, what are you doing inside of that? Could you explain a little more? What am I personally doing? Yeah, like, what are, what, of, like, what are you personally doing inside of, are you doing all of it? Are you organizing these team members? Are you looking for, for people? Are you, are you reading the data or uh, that says, this is what we think our customer is? Um, are you the decision maker in a lot of that? Yeah, I, I'm involved in every part of it. So yeah. uh, there's very little I, I don't work on um, right. for better or worse. Um, so yeah, I've, I was there on a lot of the um, customer interviews um, and I, um, I personally create all the um, type forum surveys that we've been sending out during the Indiegogo campaign and I read everyone's input um, yeah. and I, I'm working on scheduling calls with a lot of um, customers from Indiegogo and also potential customers who haven't bought it yet, but mm. are on our email list. Yeah. Um, and 
I will be uh, one of the team that speaks to them on the phone and asks them about their experience and their thoughts on our product. That's cool. Um, in my former career, I, um, I used to work in a very different world, affordable housing in New York. And I worked a lot with um, mortgage companies because it was a lot of dealing with the fallout of the mortgage crisis. And I, mm. I got to work with the former CEO of a company called Aquin, which is a mortgage company. And I was very impressed that every Friday, the CEO of this pretty large company spends the morning uh, just listening to tape of customer calls with his wow. staff just to make sure they're getting the experience that he'd want them to get, yeah. uh, which I'm sure really keeps the customer service team on their toes to know sure. does that. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. I was impressed by that. So I, I've always wanted to be like very close and, and you have to be when you're just starting and we've, yeah. we've sold 1600 uh, lofties so far on Indiegogo, but, mm-hmm. um, and that's like a, a big number from, from zero, but it's right, also, right. those are the first 1600 customers and their opinion really matters and sure. And we can learn so much from them. Yeah, definitely. So how long does it take for you to get, you know, what we see in the Indiegogo page in terms of that? I don't know if it's the final prototype or it's like really close or, how long did it take you from, you know, interviewing some people to get their feedback to like, Hey, I'm holding something, you know? Yeah. Uh, the, uh, sort of idea to even do this at all, this product was January, 2019. Okay. Um, worked with Greg, the designer over the summer. Um, we first worked with another industrial designer, um, in Amsterdam and we went to Amsterdam. Um, Mm -hmm. it didn't turn out to be the right fit for us, but, it was really interesting and we learned a lot. Um, then we worked with Greg and then uh, I started working with Doris Dev, the product development company, in Janu- officially in January. We brought a early prototype, like a very, you know, plasticky, gutsy prototype to CES this year um, in, Jan- in January. And yeah. then... I think we had the first prototype in February. We had a looks like prototype that yeah. looked exactly like it. And then we had a looks like works like prototype in March. Um, wow. And that's really advanced. I actually, the one I had, I shipped to a reporter uh, two days ago, but so I don't have one right here, but I, um, that one works fully. So that's what we used in the video. And we wanted to be, uh, we wanted to have a prototype that actually functioned the way we yeah. showed it. So there's no like computer imagery or anything. Um, it's just filming that prototype. It's cool for the video we did for Indiegogo. Yeah, that seems like um, actually a pretty quick timeline uh, in terms of of getting something that because ha- it seems like you've got a lot in it, right? There's a lot of little things that have to be happening in terms of potentially, it sounds like Bluetooth has to be a part of it. And, all, you know, con- it sounds like you made content too for it. So it seems like that's a pretty quick turnaround at the end of the day. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's a big team um, and a lot of really excellent um, folks working on it. So it was yeah. uh, definitely not just me doing all that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. over a dozen people making that's that cool. happen. Yeah, so 
so maybe during that time frame, this uh, sounds like about a year and a half or so, or a year and three months. What was keeping you up at night? What was the what was the driving? Like, I don't know if we're ever going to be able to do this. Uh, uh, I think before finding the right um, product development company, it was that it was mm. okay. I worked with this amazing industrial designer. Who's the company that's going to help? push this to production um, and is not going to bankrupt Lofty taking years to do it. Right. Um, and is not going to do it in the way that things were done in earlier products. I think some of the firms I talked to just hadn't really ever done something in kind of an agile framework that you would mm. use on most software companies. And it was just no. clearly dated and, um, so I'm working with a really great software developer um, who brings that that kind of philosophy, um, and he is in charge of all the software side of it. Um, and uh, and then Doris Dev is helping with the production, and they are behind a lot of the uh, well-known cons- the direct-to-consumer companies that uh, you see out there. So. Gravity mm. blankets and nah, Blue yeah. Land by Humankind, Great Jones, yeah, pattern brands like Equal Spaces, Open Part, Equal Parts, Open Spaces. Um, so they have this infrastructure that is able to just like very quickly um, bring products to market. The founders of it were with um, a company called Quirky, which do you remember Quirky? It would yeah, it sounds solicit yeah. ideas. Um, from you, you would see an ad on the New York City subway saying like, got an idea, like we'll right. make it a product. Right. Um, and that company eventually went out of business. They kind of made too many products, but the team <laughs> had this deep expertise. And so a lot of that team remains indoors dev and they're able to really quickly prototype um, and design. And so that's, that's how we've been able to move so quickly. Wow. That's cool. You know, a lot of people I talk to and project creators have a have a real sense of like holding on to everything, you know, like oh I can do this, I'll I'll do this, I'll do this, and and maybe rightfully <laughs> so. You know what was in you to say no 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 I'm going to go find people I'm going to go find the best that can do this I'm going to re- you know relinquish some control I'm going to still be a part of it but but I don't know if that's a default setting for a lot of people. So was it something you were conscious about? Was it something that you just knew like for this to be successful you had to do what you're talking about in terms of navigating lots of people, lots of bodies, that sort of stuff. That's interesting. I've kind of never realized that about myself, but this is actually a, been a helpful self-reflection. Oh, so I appreciate wonderful. that. Wonderful. Uh, um, I think my skill is uh, finding the right people, making sure that they're a cultural fit with the organization yeah. and making sure that I think they're the best person I could possibly find for the project mm-hmm. um, within, you know, budget reason right. i actually don't think we could find better people than the people we have on it but um i don't know what it's like to have a vc budget <laughs> right. hundreds of millions of dollars right, i have right. a feeling it would be slower and yeah. not as efficient um yeah. so but yeah no i i think uh i found very specialized people who are really good at the particular thing they do um and they work together really well and it's it's very expensive and um it's definitely not everyone's way of going about it. Like I have several other founder friends who have emailed me lately saying, how's your Instagram so good and how are you growing it so quickly? And 
do you use an agency? And actually it's like at least a half dozen people, um, all of whom are expert in their field, whether it's copywriting or photography or graphic design, multiple types of graphic designers. Yeah. Um, and all of that comes together to create a brand. Yeah. And a lot of people just don't invest in that. And I, for better or worse, am, am a big believer in the importance of that. Well, let's talk a little bit about, you know, for the people who want to find team members. And I know this is something that actually, as my own agency, we struggle with is what yeah. are you looking for to identify culture? Like you're the right person. You believe in it. You, 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 you see the vision. You're not just here for the the, the paycheck, which, you know, obviously yeah. it's a part of it, but like, there really does have to be somebody that wants a little bit more to especially play in the startup world of like, you know, this is, you know, the reality is that this could also die, right? Like that's a part of this whole culture too. So you really have to find a special person. I feel like, so what are the, like, what are you asking? What are you looking for? What, what do you want from somebody um, to be on the team? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, they really um, have to be passionate about what they do. So like Ryan, our software developer, like loves what he does and it gets him really excited to work with Raspberry Pi's prototyping and like to dive like really deep into code. And like we made early prototypes with him and he actually personally soldered it together. And that's cool. Like he's just incredibly passionate. Um, George, who's our design director and I met at IDEO um, back in 2016. Um, has a very strong like anti-social media, like sort of distrust of social media. And, and so he was kind of, he's in it for the, the mission. Um, and uh, he, you know, brings a lot of clarity uh, around that. And so he'll, he'll kind of tie things back to the mission. And he um, uh, is someone who's just very passionate about the idea. And I, I think he, he actually said we're never going to be an alarm clock company. And I don't think we're an alarm clock company. Right. Um, I think he's surprised probably where it's turned out from what it started out early, but um, he's very happy about it. Um, and uh, one of our copywriters, I remember my first meeting with him, him talking about the um, social media and kind of the internet generally as, as like kind of slowly like, taking over and like we were in this like basically a spacesuit and the water was filling up but it was like very dark and dystopian um and that's kind of like his personal life he like has this view and he's writing the screenplay about it um but he's able to like pull himself back from the brink to like think like hey actually we could be positive about this uh and that's you know through lofty and so it's yeah. this very like cute and fun tone to our brand um versus like his science fiction uh right screenwriting career so yeah people that really uh are very excited by it i think i wouldn't want to work it with anyone who was just kind of phoning it in um, yeah or didn't get it didn't get the mission sure how much have you so this is something that i think i've seen more and more kind of kind of um leaking into my emails I'm getting, my my social media feeds around, um, you know, the stigma around 
I have to be a workaholic, right? Like I've got to be this guy who's on all the time and I don't need to sleep and I need to be plugged in all the time. And, and, and cause I think that was a major thing probably for the last maybe 10 years or so. Like, Oh, if you're not, if you're not hustling, you know, the Gary Vaynerchuk type stuff, like if you're not hustling, you're not, you know, and it's like, yeah. I have Rise to grind. Yeah. Right. Right. It's like, it's like, no, I need 10 hours of sleep, eight hours, whatever it is. I just need good sleep. Are yeah. you finding that the culture that maybe your timing is, is on point too right now that, that we're kind of shifting a little bit around like listen if i if you didn't sleep all night you're probably going to be an asshole the next day like you know like yeah. you know like like are, are you are you guys feeling from what you guys are looking your research all that sort of stuff that like maybe we're all coming to the reality of like we're supposed to sleep um like you know as people yeah i mean that's definitely our brand ethos and what we believe personally i think that the culture is shifting that way um we a lot of our taglines are a reaction to that. So like doing stuff is for later or like busy culture is bullshit or right. stuff like that. Um, so we think that if there's not a shift, there should be a shift. Um, yeah. You really do need uh, eight hours of sleep. Um, and the amount of medical conditions that are tied to lack of sleep is really shocking. Yeah, it's there's a wonderful book called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker, which sort of like a guide star for me, um, how I learned a lot about sleep. And if you read that book, you, you'll really think twice about, you know, getting by on five hours of sleep because it's not, here's one fact from that book. And for example, like getting four or five hours of sleep, it's not like it's a proportional thing. Like, oh, I still got, you know, 70%. Great. Well, actually, you probably didn't hit REM, and that is really important for memory consolidation, for learning, um, for processing information. So your brain is not working properly if you're not getting enough sleep, and long-term, it leads to a lot of really unhealthy conditions. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and smartphones don't make it easier um, no, because no. there's always something new. Um, the uh, authors of the... Google Sprint book, they have a new book, year old or so, that talks about infinity pools. It talks about Instagram and Netflix as infinity pools of content where like they never run out of content. You can never get through them. Right. And when you're up against an infinity pool, it's hard to pull yourself away. Not gonna win that battle. <laughs> not, one. Yeah, not gonna win it. Yeah, I'll tell you, well, one of the reasons I, w- I reached out too is that this was uh, personally like my dad, my dad just not, he did not sleep. I don't know how he, you know, he, he just passed away recently, but like he didn't sleep. I mean, we're talking four or five hours, three hours. He'd be up all the time and, and medical, a gazillion medical conditions. Right. And he died in he's 65. Right. And it's like, dude, so, but you know, so for myself personally, it's like, I, I picked up the, uh, one of these guys to track my sleeping, making sure I'm like on point, my phone is now hidden somewhere. So like, I'm that yeah. guy who started to make these conscious decisions of like, whoa, 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 there's something in the the Wenzel DNA that says we don't need to, you know, we don't need to go to sleep. And I was like, nope, 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 nope. So Smart, it, yeah, it's a high thing. So let's talk about when did, um, when does Indiegogo or crowdfunding start to enter your guys' conversation of like, hey, we should maybe try this? Yeah. Um, so one of the like main takeaways for me from a class on early stage companies at HBS was be extremely 
wary of venture capital money. Um, and it's a little presumptuous for me because who knows if venture capitalists even want to fund Lofty. I, right. I don't know. Um, but uh, I saw, I read so many cases of uh, people kind of taking on too much money or finding the wrong investor and just having totally warped priorities. Um, That's me. You can, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, your case, I'm your case study for that. And really? getting into crowdfunding. Yeah, I got, I had a, oh, interesting. Yeah, I used to have a, I used to have four recording studios and I was franchising this whole business model with VC money. And then I was never going to, like, my business model was never going to be a hockey stick. Like, we were never going to be a Dropbox or something. Yeah. And they're just, and I'm like, no, 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 I've created really good businesses. Like, there's, and they're like, yeah, but it's not enough. I'm like, yeah. but they're making like lots of money. What, what, and it's just, it was just never enough. And then I started making decisions based on, you know, not good business practices just to try to make a dollar. And in the music business, man, you, that's just not how a lot of stuff works. So yeah, I, I'm your case study for like, <laughs> Hey, be very cautious when you go down that yeah. rabbit hole. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember the most poignant was a case on a company, I believe called Mattermark. And, um, the founder came in and she was looking at revenues of, I think like $10 million a year yeah, or something like right. great revenue, yeah, but not nearly enough for what's not enough. Um, right. So yeah, I, I, that's in the back of my mind. And yeah. then, um, I was fortunate to, um, inherited some money when my grandfather passed away. Um, and I used a lot of that money to fund the development before Indiegogo. Hmm. Um, and then I was looking for the right financing um, fit to what we wanted to do. And there's not a lot of great options when you want to create a physical product where you, it requires like a, a large investment upfront, um, both of the engineering and all the technical know-how and yep. also then the tooling and like the manufacturing aspect, yep. um, plus like the variable cost of each unit. So crowdfunding is such a good fit for that. And I think that explains why there's so many of these kind of hardware projects. It's just hard to find investors, I think, who, who believe in that, or even if they want to believe, like they have probably been burned on something right? Um, and they don't trust their intuition. So they, they want to see product market fit and they want to see consumer demand. So I figured why waste my time going into a bunch of VCs to be told come back in six months when you have revenue and customers and I would just like focus on getting customers. So um, Indiegogo or Kickstarter made sense for that. Um, and I have been very happy with what we've done so far. We've, yeah. as I said, we've sold 1600 uh, lofties so far on Indiegogo. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's what we haven't even really talked about Indiegogo yet. So let's talk about like the numbers when we're talking right now, you've got um, still a healthy amount of time left, but yeah, the amount of backers is amazing. You're up to about a hundred, just under 170,000 when we're talking right now, which when this comes out, it'll be more than that. Um, what, what was some of the metrics you were looking for? Um, but to, to tell you that you were ready to launch, right? Like, you know, what were you looking for something that says, okay, I think we're now ready. We have emails, we have data. I don't know what, what whatever it was, but when did you know you were ready? I think um, for us, it was, you know, the, the emails and the data was on the fly, like learning how to do that as we, as we were getting ready to, to launch. Um, 
I was really waiting to have a prototype that was um, very close to what we would actually be selling. Uh, I could have done a crowdfunding campaign much earlier um, with renders and with the idea, but I wanted to wait till we had something and we could put up a production schedule. So like the last part of our page on Indiegogo has a detailed timeline of of the dates and those are right from doorstep's dates. Um, So that was the main metric for me. And then once we knew we were in the right timeframe, also, I mean, the timeframe is also driven from when we need to pay for the tooling and pay for the, um, all the costs that go with manufacturing. So we have our, we're working already with our manufacturer. And so the timing will work out um, pretty perfectly to be able to um, pay for the, this first run with this money, which I don't think always happens. Um, yeah. So the people who paying for all the work that's come before, like I picked up the tab personally on that one. And then, they're really truly paying for like their product. Um, Mm. And we definitely were racing to get a lot of emails before uh, launching. I think we got around 25,000 emails, but I think Indiegogo's little spreadsheet would have said we should have had like 36,000 or something higher. And we kind of went with what we had. Um, Yeah. It's cool. What, you know, throughout this campaign, what has been the thing that maybe has stood out the most that you maybe just did not have any expectations of? Like, you know, I, you know, wow, I did not expect us to be big in Brazil or what? I don't know. You know, I don't know. Is there something yeah. that's just been like totally crazy that you just had no idea about? Well, yeah. I mean, on that note, it is interesting how without spending a dollar in advertising outside of the U.S., now the U.K., we're spending some money on advertising, but we did not spend any money outside of the U.S. initially, and and not even just from Indiegogo's platform, but from for whatever reason, we've had a lot of inbound interest from most countries, um, a lot of countries. So we um, are actually, I think, later today, I'll be going and making this change go live. But we're actually going to expand from just shipping to the U.S. and the U.K. to shipping to Canada. Um, and shipping to the entire EU, I believe the entire EU flight. Yeah. Caveat. I need to look at. Make <laughs> yeah. sure oh yes, you do. CE, there's a um, <laughs> there's a regulatory hurdle. Really, it's the main thing, yeah. which I don't think people understand when they email saying like, "Can you please just send one to X country?" And it's like, "Well, to send it to you, we'd have to go through a regulatory test yeah. with your country's yeah. regulators, and that costs five thousand dollars. So right. we'd have to sell a lot of lofties." Um, but we actually are going to invest in um, the regulatory testing for most of the EU and for the US and Canada. So we're going to expand that. And we actually just extended the campaign duration um, today uh, in part for that reason. Um, And then I'd say a couple other things we didn't expect. One, just I think the intensity of engagement uh, is really strong. And and that's really great um, when you think about early adopter customers and you you're told to expect they're really have a lot of interest in your product and want to get a lot of feedback. But when you're actually um, getting it, like it's uh, you definitely are kind of over 
uh, just amazed that people are so interested, you know? Right, right, um, right. It's like you buy something on Amazon, you're not like commenting yeah. in, like saying, <laughs> right. like, have you considered using an OLED screen on that device? <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. But they are on our product, right? Um, right. And Indiegogo is kind of set up for that. Um, and then one other thing is, um, and I had sort of like gotten the lay of the land at this conference called Trans Tech, uh, Transformative Technology. But there are, there's this uh, there's a pretty large population of people who are very concerned about EMF frequencies um, mm. and exposure to radiation. And so there have been a lot of questions about how much um, Wi-Fi signal or EMF um, lofty gives off. So, um, you know, that's helped us design the product in a way that's, um, that's going to be inclusive of that community as well. Mm. So having the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth shut off um, either manually or automatically, things like that. Um, there, it's going to be nowhere near what your cell phone um, gives off, but um, you know, thinking about that kind of yeah uh, consideration. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I would have definitely never thought about that. that yeah, that, that, yeah, that's interesting. Um, so you know, once you know the campaign ends, money drops in bank accounts and all that sort of stuff, dust sort of settles on this. What starts to happen for you to get alarm clocks in people's hands? Yeah, well, that money goes right out of our bank account and goes <laughs> to the manufacturer <laughs> to pay for um, a lot of like very particular tools that will make yeah. just lobbies. Um So, um, yeah, that's that's our summer and early fall plan. Really um, going through those stages, and we laid out those stages on the Indiegogo page. But the one we're in right now is the engineering validation testing which means um, bringing all the prototype components, I mean, sorry, the production components together and uh, assembling a product with those. Um, our prototype is, I would not to be cocky, but I think it's pretty advanced for the typical Indiegogo yeah. prototype because it was designed by Dorstev's engineering mm-hmm. team. And it's, um, so it's all, it all actually like, there's no like loose wires in there or something like it all fits together in their custom parts. And, um, but this one will be the final, um, parts. So, um, and then that can be used for a lot of testing. Um, and then after that, you're on to your tooling, uh, where you actually make the steel molds that the lofties are made in the exterior is made out of, and you're ordering your components, um, so you're ordering, you know, 5,000 displays and 10,000 buttons and that kind of yeah. thing, amassing those at the factory, uh, and then doing what's called a design validation testing run, DVT. And we're projecting that for August, and that's where you actually um, pour plastic into the molds, make the devices, assemble them, just like they will be for the final run. We make about 50 to 100 of those. We'll be using those for kind of our final user testing round, getting them into people's homes, making sure they like everything about it, um, sending them to press, um, influencers, uh, that kind of thing. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and then for you, I guess, as a CEO of this, what does like this next five years look like? Like, what are you hoping this company turns into? I mean, you mentioned you're not, you're not just selling alarm clocks, right? You're like, you're, yeah. so what, what, what do you guys envision? Is it multiple products? Is it just staying in this industry, like the, the sleep industry that you're in? What, what do you, what's your, uh, what's your fortune looking out when you're uh, looking in the ball? Yeah. What, what's it look like? Yeah. 
So it's um, it's intently focused on this one product right now, but there is yeah. a bigger product roadmap. roadmap um, and they're all products that help to subtly create tech-life balance. Mm. So there's definitely a kid's version of this. I think there'll be um, some kind of like accessories that make it more kid-friendly just at, in its own right. Um, but we'll also have a, a version that's especially for kids. Yeah. Um, there's some other products that pair with it. Like one of the things that um, people, some people want with a alarm clock is a wake-up light. Um, and uh, you can design your smart alarm clock to be a wake-up light, but um, it ends up looking like a floodlight and it's pretty heinous. Um, <laughs> So I just don't love the design and it, um, it takes up a ton of time, ton of room on your nightstand. Um, and also like most of the ones we've looked at, the user experience is, is pretty clunky. Um, so we have plans to make a, a lamp that connects to Lofty, um, and seamlessly, um, adds that wake up light functionality without having to have this kind of weird other object in your, on your nightstand. Right. Um, those are some of the things we also um, have this other side to our business, which is a subscription model. Um, We actually simplified this. We were saying initially on Indiegogo that you would get a free one year subscription um, to our premium content, but it was, I think it was too nuanced a message. um, And people were worried that it would be like Sonos breaking their speakers and they would have bought this thing and then they wouldn't be able to get white noise or whatever it was that they wanted. And that was never our intention at all. We'd always have um, all the features on it, but it's more like uh, replicating um, the things that you might've been doing on your phone um, in a better way, like on the device. So meditation, um, sound baths, so, and stories, like how can we make that um, something you can do without your phone and, we think we could add a few tweaks at least. And there's a lot of content creators and uh, we don't presume to know that, you know, we're, we're going to be any better, but we do have some ideas about what we could do better. Um, and I think there is a gap um, in like the calm headspace uh, world, uh, especially for more like variety and instructors. Mm-hmm. Um, so with our content that's available now, um, on our app, we have an app that's available for iOS and Android. Um, we have a breathwork instructor who is a, also a soul cycle instructor out of Washington, D.C. Um, and then we have a sound bath practitioner who um, is based in Brooklyn. And um, those are like creeping into the more mainstream meditation yeah. apps as well. But um, they're not like the main focus. And I think there's room for more variety Sure. Um, so yeah, we're excited hmm. about that. And there's so many yeah. creators. Yeah, yeah. I mean, content creation. I mean, everybody's making something. I make. We're making something right now. Make something, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it right now. <laughs> we're, we're in the middle of it. Man, this is awesome. Um, so, so I've been wrapping up all my podcasts since uh, you know the world. Uh, you know, we all had to start hunkering down. Um, so if you're into it, I'm going to ask you five or six questions here, not about the product or anything like that. So if you're ready to go, it's almost like a little lightning round type of thing. All right. Are you ready? Uh, what, have you, what have you been watching? Uh, maybe on the old Netflix or the Hulu's or the HBO's, whatever mm. it is. What, 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 what have you been watching that's uh, that's caught your fancy? 
Yeah, I have been enjoying. I never, I watched Breaking Bad, but I never watched Better Call Saul. So I've been watching that and enjoying Bob Odenkirk. Um, oh yeah, in all his glory. Yeah, I'm loving that. It's it's dark and tragic, but oh, yeah. hilarious. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I I mean, what was what's the writer Vince um, Gilligan? Uh, Gil, I mean, man, he made what a piece of work <laughs> to tie wow. all that stuff yeah. together, yeah. all these storylines and like characters and yeah. just all the little nuances of like, Hey, I think that's Tuco yeah. <laughs> you know, or what, you know, in some random exactly. episode. It's, yeah. It's so great. Um, how about a, how about a movie? Have you watched a movie recently that, that you really like? Uh, you know, I think the, I've been at first during COVID, like most people, I sort of plunged too much into the news and, too much into the yeah. the dark uh and i i did enjoy watching uh is it dennis hoffman in outbreak oh you're right yeah i thought outbreak yeah. was actually great um yeah. <laughs> and i really loved it i love seeing like morgan freeman as this like not quite perfect character usually he's like just immaculate yeah, and he's, immaculate. Yeah. like the, the hero and right um but this one like there's a little darkness to him um yeah. with this other like shady general who's the real bad guy and morgan freeman like is on the edge and then he ends up doing the right thing but that was that was a fun time and yeah. is i don't know it's kind of this twisted thing of watching a movie like that in this strange time <laughs> in this strange time yeah yeah that's great how about uh how about a book any book you're you, you big book reader at all yeah i'm looking over at my nightstand um <laughs> i've been Reading this, uh, it's I, I have a hard time reading non like work related books right now. Uh-huh. Um, so I've been reading Good Habits, Bad Habits. Um, I think it's Wendy Wood. Yeah, Wendy okay. Wood. Um, and it's all about how we can set ourselves up for better behavior by or better better life by thinking about our habits. Um, and a lot of it actually seeps into how we designed lofty. I read a lot of books like that yeah. and took a lot of classes on behavioral psychology. Um, and I, one thing I loved about that, there was actually, I found out about it through a New Yorker article about it that cited this little finding from the Stanford marshmallow experiment where kids are given a snack and are told they can get two if they can wait 15 minutes or so. Um, and a lot of kids break and don't do it and they eat it. Um, and, uh, some kids wait a long time and those kids tend to have a, uh, later in life, like higher, um, success and kind of hmm. more traditional metrics like test scores and right, income, right. stuff like that. But there's also this little condition I didn't really know about until I read her book, um, where in addition to those kind of overall variables, there's also like when the uh, experimenter left the treat in the room, was it covered or uncovered? Could the kids see it or not? And uh, it turns out like if it was covered, they, the kids lasted like a lot longer. They were able to like keep it out of there. Wow. Yeah. So um, that actually has a pretty good analogy to lofty. So if you can keep your phone somewhere else and it's kind of out of sight, out of Mm -hmm. mind, um, it's going to be less tempting and you're going to be less likely to, you know, break the, break the, um, addiction, you know, break the, the temptation. So, yeah. Um, I, I found that really interesting. Um, yeah, I bet. That sounds great. Well, where can people learn more, dive in, 
you know, where, where should we be sending people right now? I think uh, they could either go to Indiegogo and just look for us there, or they could go to our website, which is bylofty.com, B-Y-L-O-F-T-I-E.com. Cool. Um, that's the safest place to look if you're looking after mid- mid-June, because um, we'll be selling on our own website uh, after the Indiegogo campaign uh, winds down. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Matthew, I, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. Uh, great conversation. Awesome product. I'm, I'm watching on my end. I already told you, it's a, I got a little personal connection to this one. I, I can see it. it, it this, you're probably going to get me to be a backer here because uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get these devices out of my uh, out of my room because, man, it's so easy to just go, well, let me just check here real quick, you know, oh, oh, yeah, put it back. And then now I'm up for an hour. So, uh, but this is cool. So I appreciate it so much and uh, good luck with the rest of the campaign. And I hope you guys continue hitting a grand slam here and uh, good luck on the future products as well. Thanks, man. Thank you, Jeff. It was a pleasure speaking with you. It's really fun. Yeah, it's awesome. great to meet you. Good meeting you too, man. Thanks. Okay, bye. Yeah. Woo. I told you that was a great conversation. I, I, as I was kind of going through it as I'm mixing here, man, I forgot how much we really got in the weeds. So Matthew, thank you again so much for your time. Everybody, make sure you go over to Indiegogo right now. Um, back lofty. Get your phone out of your bedroom. Start sleeping. It is super, super important. But um, all right, the song we listened to is a song called Tie Me Down. Um, it was on the, the new Sugar Roses collection by the Sugar People, which you can go and listen to right now over on Spotify. Um, that's the old band, right? That's me being a little uh, selfish in my promotion. Go check out the music. Um, but again, like I said, hope you guys all had a great week um, or weekend, I should say. And I hope you guys are powering up this weekend. And uh, Matthew, again, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Go to woodshed.agency if you need more information about crowdfunding, Kickstarters, Indiegogo, equity, e-commerce, whatever it might be. Go to our blog, join our communities, all kinds of stuff for everybody. So, all right, guys, I'll talk to you all on Thursday. Have a great day.
I'll be all.